Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. is America with Rich Valdez, powered by PolitiWeek.com. And Rich Valdez is with us, former Christie administration official. You worked for Chris Christie, you've been in politics, done a lot of public service stuff. Rich Valdez, columnist now with the Washington Times. This is America. Richie V, you're on the air with the nation. The nation. This is America with your host, Rich Valdez. What's up, America? I am Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, your liberty-loving Latino amigo, El Conservador, Richie V, Mr. Call Screener, and a lot of other choice words people have for me. What's going on? I'm at Rich Valdez with an S on all the social media, and this is the Sunday edition of This Is America, brought to you on Monday. We're going to be about a day behind on each episode right now because of the studio schedule so i hope that works out for you if it doesn't yell at me online and i will do something to fix it i promise i will but joe biden's evacuated according to him in the white house over thirty-three thousand people over the weekend says that they got most of the americans and uh he also revealed that we're having some discussions right the united states is having discussions with the taliban on potentially extending the august 31st deadline the taliban goes on uh, sky news and says Absolutely not. This would be a step of mistrust toward the Americans. President Biden must keep his word. He would be extending the occupation. And that is a Suhail something or other. Forgive me. I do mean to disrespect and minimize him by not knowing his name and mispronouncing it. Uh, That is just something that, you know, one of the little bits of fun that we have as radio people is making fun of people on the radio. Anyway, that's what's going on. Now you've got uh, Jen Pasaki, she's in the White House. She's saying, oh my gosh, you know, Americans aren't stranded. If they want to get home, we're going to try and get them home. Then you've got people in the uh, White House that are coming out and they're saying, well, you know, uh, we're actually just afraid to tell Biden what's going on because, well, we're, we're just fearful of what's going to happen. And Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin, he he's even admitted that there's actually like beatings that are going on, right? He called it a tough time, and we'll get to that audio in a second. But you know what I think is remarkable is that Joe Biden has said uh, the other day, he said, we're, we're in constant contact with the Taliban. And I'm thinking, oh, constant contact with the Taliban. Okay, so nothing wrong with that, right? But when uh, El Trumpito, remember that time when Donald Trump, Donaldus Magnus got into this huge forever war with North Korea? Oh, right, because that, that never happened. But this is what I'm talking about. They criticized Trump for taking a photo with Kim Jong-un in some neutral area. Yet Joe Biden's literally negotiating and legitimizing the Taliban like there's some foreign government, not just a terrorist organization that just kicked him out of Afghanistan and kicked out the president of Afghanistan. That's Okay. That's okay. And and this administration continues to try and legitimize what's going on with these uh, Taliban people. Right? Listen to uh, Jake Sullivan at this press conference. He says that we consult with the Taliban on everything that's going on in Kabul. Check this out. 
Does the administration think that they need Taliban agreement to extend beyond August 31st? As I said, we are engaging with the Taliban, uh, uh, consulting with the Taliban on every aspect of what's happening in Kabul right now, on what's happening at the airport, on how we need to ensure that there is facilitated passage to the airport for American citizens, SIVs, third country nationals, and so forth. We'll continue those conversations with them. Ultimately, it will be the president's decision how this proceeds, no one else's. That is the National Security Advisor of the United States, Jake Sullivan. Constant contact, just like his boss. Okay. Now we have Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin. He goes on to say, well, look, you know, they're having a tough time. Americans are having their asses handed to them. And I don't mean to minimize this or be crass. I really don't. I think this is messed up because they want to say, but it was Trump with the guidelines of getting out in May 1st and this and that. Please stop. Literally, I refuse to have an intelligent conversation with people that are going to say stupid things like that. I just won't. I won't talk to you. Oh, you're afraid of... No, I'm not afraid of any challenge. But this is just nonsensical. This is just the real deal. Biden's been there since January. He's been calling the shots. He's reversed course on a million different things. This is the one thing that he's going to stick to the guns on. And did he really even stick to the guns? Right? We're not in May, if anybody's noticed. We're not in May. So this whole thing, this is just him trying to scapegoat. It's very disingenuous and it's weak in my opinion. But then again, it's Biden we're talking about. But listen to um, Secretary Austin say that the Americans are having a tough time. Check this out. I know the president has said that the intelligence absolutely did not show that anybody, that the Taliban could take over in 11 days. What's the earliest you were aware that that could happen? There were assessments that ranged initially from one to two years to, uh, to you know, several months. Uh, but it was a wide range of, uh, of assessments. And as, as uh, the Taliban uh, began to make gains, and we saw uh, that uh, in a number of cases there was less fighting and, uh, and more uh, surrendering and more... Uh, uh, forces just kind of evaporating, it was very difficult to predict with accuracy. This all occurred in a, in a span of about 11 days. No, nobody predicted that, you know, the government would fall in 11 days. When you look at the planning, I mean, Joe Biden has said he wanted to get out of there for years and years. So it was probably pretty certain that he would say that. Do you believe as you look at it now, and the military loves to plan for the worst case, that the planning was acceptable and appropriate. I I do based upon uh, you know the the uh, what we were looking at and the inputs to the plan. But I think you have to go back and look at what uh, what the administration inherited. I mean, we came in and we were faced with a May one deadline uh, to uh, to have all forces out of the country. This this deal had been struck with the Taliban, and so he had to very rapidly go through. Uh, a detailed assessment and look at all options in terms of what, uh, you know, what, what he could do. And, and none of those options were good options. He went through a very rigorous process, very detailed process. He listened to, uh, uh, to the input that was provided by all of the, uh, the stakeholders in the, uh, uh, in the interagency process. And, and, and so at, at the end of the day, the president made his decision. But again, uh, he was faced with, uh, uh, a situation where 
uh, there, there were no good options. All were very tough. So there is no such thing as an absolute, Mr. Secretary. I tell you, it's just shocking. You would think that a guy like this would be more of a stand-up guy and say, you know what? I'm a former general. I, uh, I've got way more respect for myself and my country. I'm not going to start playing politics here and being really bad at this game, too. He's not even good at it. It's not convincing in the least. But this is what happens. I think, I think it's a big mistake to think that uh, guys like Lloyd Austin and others that are in this Biden administration have even a remote clue of what they're doing. We can see what they're doing, and they're doing a really, really bad job. And these are the same people that said Trump was doing a bad job. Trump, the guy who got us into zero wars. Yep. You know, when you look at the Democrats, we've gone from 15 days to flatten the curve to show me your papers if you want to work here. I heard uh, one California gym owner say that on a video on Facebook, and I think he was spot on. My kids are growing up in this now, right? This, this whole idea where you have to now present your papers. I know everybody likes to make this joke. I don't personally like to trivialize or minimize the plight of the Jews in Europe uh, in, in World War II. I don't, I don't think everything that we do should be compared to, to the stormtroopers, to the Nazis, to the Nuremberg, this and that. I, I'm just, I think that was a very unique situation and circumstance, and it's not one that's happening today. There are 4 million people that are dead from coronavirus. That's not remotely relatable to the 6 million Jews that were slaughtered and the way they were slaughtered. So I try not to, to make these jokes and, and try to trivialize or, or make that comparison. And if other people do, that's on them. Uh, that's fine. I'm not criticizing them. I'm just saying I don't like to do it. So I'm not going to do it. But it just blows me away when you see a video and not just that video. I saw another video. I saw a lot of videos. I should try to get you some of the audio for this stuff. But I saw this video where people were, at least this is what they claimed was in the video. I don't know if that's real. But people were lined up outside of a supermarket in France and the police were blocking them from going in. And the caption was, they weren't allowed to go in without their vaccine passport. And I'm thinking, when you need a vaccine passport to go buy food, ay bendito. La cosa está bien mal. Now, this is where you get people who like to buy into that New World Order, uh, end times, uh, you know, eschatology t- stuff. This is where they start to go, is this it? Is this the, you know, is the vaccine the mark of the beast? This is why people are being so resistant to this stuff, because they're, they're making it out to be something that it doesn't need to be that way. Nobody's getting uh, and, and transmitting COVID at the supermarket. At least they're not in large numbers. Right. I mean, they figured out that home gatherings are where people are getting these things. People, people are getting their own family members sick. It's not from going to the store. It's not from going to school. It's not for, from all walking outside without a mask. Right. Because there's so many people outside walking with masks on. All that stuff is just not it. Whether if that's Afghanistan or the, the craziness with the masks and all of this stuff, the Democrats have really been selling one side of the story. And that side of the story just it doesn't add up. And sometimes you get people that get fed up and they say, you know what? I hear what you're saying, but I think you're full of crap. You're absolutely full of it. And that's why one mom, this uh, woman from Portland, Oregon, who interrupted an Antifa press conference. If you, did you know there were such things? I did not. 
But apparently a couple of weeks ago, I talked about it briefly, but I didn't get into it. But there was this church group having a, a service in the park. And as they were setting up their microphones and sound checking and doing whatnot, a, a bunch of Antifa thugs in black clad uniforms dressed like ninjas came and interrupted it. Well, she was there and she shared a piece of her mind. And boy, was it incredibly articulate. Listen to this. The problem. The Proud Boys were not the problem. Cat block, mortars, and peppers. My baby girl, eight years old, nearly eight people. It's not the Proud Boys. Everybody who supports them. Now, listen, I've never been an apologist for the Proud Boys. I'm not um, a detractor of theirs. I'm not a proponent of theirs. I don't really have much interaction with them. I know one Dominican dude who's like the Proud Boy leader in New Jersey, and he's a really good guy. Shout out to my guy, Marco. But outside of that, I don't know anything about them. But I do know that this woman, she's calling out the real enemy. And whether it's vaccines and passports, Afghanistan, Biden, you name it. We need to be able to see the real enemy. And thank God for the straight shooters that are out there that are calling them out. Speaking of calling them out, you've got former President Trump had a rally in Alabama, and he's definitely calling things out. So don't move a muscle. We're going to play that audio coming straight up. I'm Rich Valdez. This is America. This is America. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. This is America. All right, America, welcome back. Sunday, Monday edition of This is America. I am Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S. And that's on all the social media. So wherever you want to go, get at me. I'm I'm trying my best for you to hold me accountable to being more active on social media because I know that's where you guys go. And I just want to thank you guys for the five-star reviews on the Apple Podcast. And for just all of the, the great stuff that you put on there, I looked at some of the comments on the podcast. Man, thank you from from Canada, from all over the place. Thank you so much. Uh, the listenership continues to grow, and it really just means the world to me that you guys take a, a moment to, to let me know. And the criticism, I read that stuff too. I mean, even the stuff that says like, oh, you're just a shill for this and for that, and you're an idiot, and, you know, or they'll write to me in Spanish and say, you know, you're, you're a vendido, you're a sellout, and you make us all Hispanics look uh, bad. Uh, to that, when I say, ay, bendito, otro sangano is born, right? I mean, what are you going to do? I can't make everybody happy. There's a lot of guys out there that, you know, they, they, they're very, very upset that I have this program and that it reaches a lot of people, and that's fine. If you want to be upset about that, you can be. I get it. I'm not upset at what you do. I'm not upset with your success or your failure or whatever because you're insignificant to me. And uh, I don't know why I am significant to you, but go ahead. You know, uh, I sometimes do get you by the haters. And I go through Twitter and it's going on. I'm like, wow, people take the time out of their day to, to get at me. And I just get, oh, thank you for investing in me to hate on me. Anyway, 
this started out as a thank you to everybody that's dropping the great positive comments and the five-star reviews and all that stuff. So thank you and thank you for sharing the podcast, sharing it, sending it through text messages. I, I meet listeners and they tell me, oh, you know, somebody sent me a text. I started listening after I heard John Levin and somebody sent me a text with a link to your show. And then I started listening and I subscribed and I'm really enjoying it. So thank you for everybody who gave it a shot and has stuck around and share it with three or four or five people because that's the way we get this message out. And people keep asking for this in Spanish. So the discussions with the team are happening. I don't know if it's going to happen, when it's going to happen or how it's going to happen. But as we add sponsors and um, are able to underwrite the cost for something like that, maybe we'll do it. But I want to get into this quote, right? Because that stuff took a little bit longer than I expected it to. And it's a quote from Benjamin Franklin. Be civil to all, sociable to many, familiar with few, friend to one, and enemy to none. That's uh, Benjamin Franklin, our founding father. One more, George Washington. The propitious smiles of heaven can never be expected on a nation that disregards the eternal rules of order and right, which heaven itself has ordained. And that's George Washington in 1789 at his first inaugural address. Maybe later I'll read you something that he said in his last, um, in his farewell uh, address. But I, I bring that up because I think there has to be a push towards civility. And the minute that we lose sight of that or don't realize that civility is where it's at, where we need to be always, not just sometimes or not if they do this, then we'll be civil, but all the time. We've got nothing if we've got civility, right? If we don't have civility, we're not really America. That's my opinion because that's how the Constitution was written. That's how the founders designed this. These guys were men of the Enlightenment. That's why we do everything in the name of God and country, right? That's why our rights are inalienable because they were given to us by God because God plays such a big role in the Enlightenment. But it seems like today's Enlightenment or today's Enlightened are nothing more than the other side that we're fighting. And that's the, uh, the part that to me is upsetting. So sometimes I, I feel like, are we going to be guided by fear? Maybe, maybe not. I mean, I think that's what gets people to throw out their, their moral uh, compass when they're just afraid and they're like, I got to do whatever I got to do because, you know, all hell's breaking loose. And it seems like the last time we were scared to death, it was September of 2001. At least I see some similarities. We embarked on many paths in the name of safety and security. And now we're taking off our shoes at the airport. We've been doing it for 20 years. That's like the mask wearing of today. The government industrial complex is taking advantage of the fears that we face just because we're normal humans. Early last year, I made lots of references on air to the COVID case counts, which were plastered all over every TV screen. You remember them. It was right there, a little counter in the corner of the screen. Similar to the threat level indicator that we had back when it was 9-11 time. Now, if you weren't around during 9-11, just like we had that little death clock on TV screens, back then we had this threat level indicator that, you know, if it was green, it meant we were safe. If it was yellow, it meant there was an alert. If it was like orange, it was like we're on high alert. And if it turned red, it was like, oh, snap, they're bombing us again. And people, let me tell you, after, you know, I was in New Jersey working in Manhattan and I had skipped work that day. And we'll get to, I'll do a 9-11 show. Maybe I'll retell that story. I retell it every year because I think it's just an interesting story of how sometimes you got to go with your gut. And in my case, I have a nice uh, sized gut to go with. But sadly, our government industrial complex has found its next two decades of fear mongering and money making. It's our kids. Our natural fears are compounded by the fear that they push through their partners in the media. So now 
using fear to drive political messaging is obviously as old as politics itself. Demagoguery has been around since day one. We did a whole show on ambitus, right, on uh, the whole negative uh, nature of politics. You could Google that, my name, and ambitus, and it's, it's a pretty interesting show. It goes back to the ancient Greece and their, their original governmental structures, if you want to check it out. But now we have our new battle. It's a new nameless, faceless enemy. Back then, it was al-Qaeda, right? Because they didn't have traditional uniforms. They didn't belong to a particular country. We were going into Afghanistan. We went into Iraq. We were going all over the place to get to these bad guys because they were a bunch of rebels that belonged to different countries. And they were nameless and faceless. Nobody knew. They, they hid behind everything. And now, our new nameless, faceless enemy is the Chinese Communist Party's virus, the coronavirus just as lethal as any war that we've ever had. But now it's available to everybody, not just our soldiers, sailors, airmen, and Marines. You know, Mark Levin aptly points out in his book, American Marxism, that the enemy is here in the opening chapter. Marxism is here, and it doesn't look like Mao or Stalin or Castro or Chavez. It looks like AOC, all out crazy, like Bill El Bobo de Blasio in New York City. It looks like your college professor. It looks like your news anchor and like your kid's elementary school teacher. So the battle now over who's in charge of the government industrial complex is being fought by new demagogues who feel that there's only a few years left because of climate change. They scream about such a dire inequality that only the government and a re-engineering of equity can solve. And by labeling... God's providence and self-reliance and capitalism as things that are inherently racist or colonialist or white supremacist. And this is how they achieve their goal. Today, it's a different cast of characters, but the same MO to try and topple us with fear. This time, they're doing it from within by destroying civility and promoting a perpetual feeling of unrest. Don't let them win. That's why I applaud Donaldus Magnus, El Trompito, the 45th president of these United States, when he says everything that these woke government gangsters touch goes to crap. Listen to this. I walked to the church, protesters out there, and Millie was walking with me. And the next day, the radical left media starts calling, you shouldn't have walked, you shouldn't have walked. Instead of saying... I'm proud to walk with my president, not because it's me, because of the office. Instead of saying that, he wanted to apologize for walking with the president of the United States. And I said, and I said, this guy doesn't have what it takes. And uh, you're seeing that now because the worst decisions I've ever seen. That's again why I put the patent. I just remembered it as I was coming over here. I said, get that clip quickly. The people of Alabama understand that. Like, do you think that? Let me ask you, do you think that General Patton was woke? I don't think so. What do you think, Mike? Mike, was he woke? I don't think so. I don't think he was too woke. He was the exact opposite. You know what woke means? It means you're a loser. Everything woke. Everything woke. It's true. Everything woke turns to shit, okay? It's true. It's true. Look at what's happening. 
Trump is spot on. And he's funny, but he's sharp, and he knows what he's talking about. He calls it like it is. And somebody else, another former president that called it like it is, George Washington. Now I'm going to share with you something uh, that he shared in his farewell address on September 17th, 1796. However, political parties may now and then answer popular ends. They are likely in the course of time and things to become potent engines by which cunning, ambitious, and unprincipled men will be enabled to subvert the power of the people and to usurp for themselves the reins of government, destroying afterwards the very engines which have lifted them to this unjust dominion. The alternate domination of one faction over another, sharpened by the spirit of revenge, natural to party dissension, which in different ages and countries has perpetrated the most horrid enormities, is itself a frightful despotism. And he's right. That's George Washington in his farewell address, September 17th, 1796. More to come straight ahead. I got a rant that I got to share with you. You may hate me after this, but I'm going to give it to you anyway. Don't move a muscle. Keep it locked right there. I'm Rich Valdez. This is America. This is America. This is America. Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today. It's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy-efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com slash rebates. All right, America, welcome back. Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S. And uh, as promised, I'm going to get into this rant that you may not like. I don't know if anybody's going to like it because sometimes I look at things very differently than people expect me to. And that being, I I use a different lens. I use the lens of logic, not necessarily uh, the lens of of what's popular, popular opinion. Uh, I'm not a populist. I I have certain beliefs. I have a worldview that's based uh, in large part by my belief in the uh, the Christian Bible. So I think I, I try to base, I'm not saying I'm a holy roller, I'm just saying that's that's what informs my worldview. Sometimes I just, I hear so many different things and to me it just, it just strikes me as so odd. So I've been thinking of this new segment where I kind of call out different myths and things I'm absolutely tired of hearing because I hear them on the phone, I hear them on the radio, I hear them here, I hear them all over the place. So kind of like a reply to these nonsensical things. Things like, where are the Republicans? Come on, damn it. You know exactly where the Republicans are. They're right where you left them. Right? Lindsey Graham is right where we left him. And I like Lindsey Graham. But I'm saying he's Lindsey Graham. McCarthy. McCarthy is McCarthy. These are politicians, right? They, they are not talk show hosts. They are not necessarily elected because they're ideologues. And this is a, a, a bone of contention. I think, yes, we have to be principled, right? You can have your Ted Cruz, you can have your Mike Lee, and even them. Don't you remember people getting mad at Ted Cruz and Mike Lee? And Because nobody's going to get it right 100% of the time. And we have to be prepared for that. And it doesn't mean we turn our back on them and start calling them rhinos all of a sudden. Now, I'm not. this is not a defense of Lindsey Graham. If you want to call Lindsey Graham a rhino, go right ahead. 
my point is we're never going to have this lockstep uh, thing with politicians. They are politicians. They have to wheel and deal and survive in government to govern. It's about relationships. They leverage their relationships to do what they've got to do in the name of the public good and the public trust. That's the job. But when we say, where, where are the Republicans? Right where we left them. And if you don't like them, you need to become them. Replace them with you. Now, here's a good one. Why haven't we impeached Biden? Now, this one is one that Mark Levin's been beating the drum on. And I agree. Somebody called me the other day and they were like, oh, I don't understand why there's not a... And I, listen, I can explain to you why there's not a bigger move, ma'am. This woman called me. She was very upset. Levin is right that more should be done. But duh... We don't have a majority. What Mark is saying is that we need to start to lay the groundwork and and have a conversation about this. Very different from just going one off and saying, I am filing articles of impeachment. Who are you, ma'am? I'm a congressperson that doesn't even have a committee seat or chairmanship. Okay, great. Meaning you're just talking jazz. Right? And this is why the media won't cover stuff like that. So I think you can have a press conference. You can make a, uh, you, you know, I think it also requires some thoughtfulness, right? Not to just be like, oh, we're going to we're gonna dump you, Biden. We're, I think you can leave some of the bluster for later and, and have a more serious conversation saying, you know, uh, we believe that the president has a duty to uphold X, Y, and Z. We believe that what he's done at the border is a dereliction of that duty. We believe that X, Y, and Z is another reason and blah, blah, blah. And that's why we're giving strong consideration to talking to members of different uh, caucuses here in in Washington, blah, 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 and explaining in in a really thoughtful way why they're seriously considering impeaching Biden. But I think just saying, you know what, I've filed articles, that's great. It's good. It's red meat for the base. It gets people excited, but uh, doesn't do a whole lot, right? Unless there's a really strong push behind it. And I think that's what Levin is calling for. And I I totally support that. But when people say, why aren't we impeaching Biden? Because we don't have a single committee chairman. So yes, can we not do it? No. Should we talk about it? Yes. And I think we definitely should be um, doing more of that. Now, the other thing that really kind of gets me uh, on edge is when somebody says, I want to know why nobody's talking about, oh boy, get ready to hear some of the craziest things when you hear, I want to know why nobody's talking about. Now, this could just be the producer in me that's like, you know what, we're focused on the news of the day, right? This program, this is a news commentary program. So uh, I will inject some humor if I can, some philosophy, different things. But overall, this is about the news of today. So if you're talking about, I want it, why aren't you ever talking about the Great Reset? Why would I talk about the Great Reset? Is, is there a single headline about the Great Reset today? No. Matter of fact, the Great Reset made its headline on the cover of The Economist, I think, in 1988. And it's been talked about and floated around for a very, very long time. Some people swear by it. Others don't. Some people swear by the fact that that Trump will be reinstated this month. I can't subscribe to that. It's totally something that's not based in fact. I'd love to see Trump back in the White House. I can't just pretend because I'm down for, like Levin says, down for the revolution, down for the cause. I can't just lie to myself. Right? Which brings me to that one. Trump's reinstatement. No, it's not a real thing. It's not happening. The next one. 
that people just why don't you ever talk about the UN Agenda 2030? Now listen, everybody here, and you can't see me and I can't see you, but raise your hand if you've ever spoken at the UN or been involved. I'm raising my hand. I'm not a globalist, if you will. But when Nikki Haley was there on behalf of Trump, I volunteered as a chair of the uh, advocacy committee, meeting with members of Congress to make sure that, you know, the agenda they were pushing, the grassroots was pushing as well to support the Trump administration in his moves within the UN at the time, which was to defund the UN, which he didn't do, which I wish he would have. But my point was, this is another thing. Everybody wants to focus. It's the UN Agenda 2030. It's the new world. All right, great. Thank you. Just presuming it is. Next, can we move on now? Because there's no... uh, I don't don't see the the grand benefit of speaking about something like that every single day. It's not the news of the day. If you want to turn every news story into how how the fulfillment of that prophecy, then you go right ahead and do that. But it's not something I'm going to do. Because to me, it's that is globalist thinking. And I'm focused on what I'm seeing right here. This is America. Military tribunals, right? These fly in the face of the Constitution, by the way. Yes, we've had them in the past. And maybe we'll have them in the future for, for civilians. But in my lifetime, we've never had them for, for non-military people. Everybody who thinks that's the fix to everything. You think a guy like Lloyd Austin is secretly running the, the, the United States, that the military is somehow in charge, like the military's a person? If you look at the military we have today, General Milley, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs, former General Austin, our Secretary of Defense, I don't want these guys in charge of anything. So th- these theories that, you know, ah, that Biden's not there, and it's, I mean, it's just, come on, people. We're trying to do something serious here and save this country. Things like that are just distractions. Final pet peeve of mine. Maybe not final, but probably the number one. Everything is a waste of time until we fix election fraud. Even Trump himself, Donaldus Magnus, only challenged the results in a handful of counties in only six states. There's 3,000 counties and there's 50 states. So to presume that every single election will be rigged in perpetuity is the stuff that dictators' dreams are made of. Right? Every dictator that ever rose to power did it by appointing themselves because they said their elections were unreliable. Now, I'm not comparing Trump to a dictator. I think Trump has a legitimate uh, gripe and, and good. We should continue to see. What are they doing? They're doing audits. There are new laws that have been put into place in a, in a handful of these places to make sure these things don't happen again. Georgia being one of them. Good. We're seeing action in Pennsylvania. So when people say, oh, we're not doing, I think we're doing plenty. This is not something that happens overnight. And I made this comparison over and over. I filled in for Mayor Giuliani when he was um, defending Trump in South Carolina, in in Michigan, all over the place holding these hearings. I was hosting his show on Talk Radio 77 WABC in New York City live every night for weeks at a time last December. And every day he's all rich and we're going to be in court. So I, I would fill in. And I remember making this case as often as I could. Just because crime is out of control in New York City doesn't mean you're guaranteed to get robbed or shot if you visit New York City. That's just not the case. Just because there may have been malfeasance in certain elections, in certain counties, in certain states, doesn't mean that every election will always be fraudulent. That's wrong. 
The same way, if you're outspent by an opponent, doesn't mean that you can't win in a primary. Look at Curtis Sliwa. Fernando Mateo challenged him, had millions of dollars. Curtis had a couple hundred thousand dollars and beat him by like 80% in the Republican primary. This is a big deal because it shows that the underdog can win. A Republican can win when you galvanize the grassroots. And always remember that Trump had all the power in the world and under the Constitution to use the Insurrection Act as commander-in-chief, and he chose not to. My guess, because he knew it would damage the country. Imagine the damage it would cause to have an American president use the United States military to stop what is supposed to be the peaceful transition of power. Now, I'm not saying that's what he would have done and he didn't do it, but optics is everything. And you got to think of how the bad guys are going to play this. There has to be a difference between the good guys and the bad guys. Otherwise, we're all bad guys. And the last thing, this is really, I think, my last thing. The constant comparisons to Europe The United States is not Europe. We don't behave like Europe. We're very different from Europe. So stop with all this Nuremberg comparisons, the same way the Nazis did this and the Jews. And I I just, you lose me. When people start with that, again, that was such a horrific time. And, and, you know, somebody telling me or forcing me by a statute to wear a mask is nothing like being put in an oven and being killed. And I just, I can't get there. I can't, I can't. (laughs) I just cannot meet you halfway. I can't have a conversation with people that are just every last thing as a comparison to Nazi Germany. I don't think that this is a comparison to Nazi Germany. Maybe uh, that's my own naivete, whatever. In the same way, the Nazis demonized the Jews as invaders carrying disease. And in so many ways, there are so many in the media today that are demonizing people coming through the southern border as people that are bringing disease and whatnot. It wasn't cool when they did it then. I don't think it's cool that they do it now. Especially when these invaders, quote-unquote, were invited and welcomed at an open border by the American president, Joe El Baboso Biden. We already know the border can be shut down because El Trumpito showed us that. And heck, some of these people are arriving in Biden shirts. So we know he's got a hand in this. His Secretary of Homeland Security, Alejandro Mayorkas, said, I'm not saying don't come, I'm just saying don't come now. And that was months ago. This is a very bad situation. So if I'm going to demonize anybody, it's going to be Joe Biden and the complicit politicians that allow this to happen. Not these people that are political pawns. Heck, I would want to live in this blessed nation too if I lived in some of the S-hole countries that they were coming from. Wouldn't you? Biden knows He'll never, ever officially get amnesty. At least not yet. So he turns a blind eye to the southern border until they have enough people to overwhelm the red states with new voters that they want to take over. Yeah, it's messed up to use destitute people that way. But that's what the Democrats have always done. They do it each and every time that they can. So, the only thing necessary for evil to triumph like this, this type of evil... It's for you to do nothing. So don't do nothing. Rise up. Time for your voice to be heard, for you to be the change you want to see in the world. Because if we stand for nothing, we'll fall for anything. Hasta la próxima. Until the next time, America. I am Rich Valdez, and this is America. 
This is America. College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at a $1,000 savings plan deposit for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register.